Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Danny Murphy, and it's just Danny Murphy this week, so apologies for that. <laughs> but Sarah is, well, she was going to be on vacation, but the sickness of fall, I think, just hit her a little too hard. So she is on, I don't know if being a sick day is a mental vacation. No, it's just a sick day. So she's sick. But I am here, and I think I am starting to get sick, so who knows what if next week it'll be a little flip-flop, but I think also just everybody is in their sick energy. And I think mine just came from after traveling where all the babies on planes like to sneeze, which is their right, but makes the immune system feel a little wrong. But I, when I was looking for something to do solo, I was going to like kind of be like, do I want to do like a big deep dive down on things? And I was like perusing. And then I just saw some good old scams in the news, which I kind of, so I, I this is going to be like an informal newscast <laughs> of people either committing or being the victim of a little scams, which I mean, we all really know and love here. Uh, I feel like Eddie it's, and I also feel like it's kind of, I mean, to me, you know how some people say iced coffee season is like spring, summer to me, iced coffee season is year round three, six, five scamming season is kind of like how Charlotte says on sex in the city, not all day, every day, but every day about her love. <laughs> Scamming season is every day, but especially I feel it hits harder during the holidays because everyone is just, and like towards end of year, because now I think everybody's collectively like, oh, I have no money, but I have to buy gifts and I have to do all these things and all like random bills are appearing. So that's when the, the scams start to scam. But this first one is a scam that, I mean, I... Am I going to tell you that I took note of how this scam was happening? Not really, because I didn't really understand it. And I also don't want to be arrested. <laughs> but this family, so it's a family affair. It, no, it does not involve Mary J. Blige, but it's a family affair. Uh, involved a family scamming the lottery system, which I always, because I never really buy lotto tickets, because I was like, I don't know, maybe I should have more self hope for myself or self-love that I'm like, I'm not gonna, why am I, why am I spending this? To, I'm not gonna, nothing's gonna happen here. Uh, this family took it in their own hands. So 
this Massachusetts father and his two kids, two sons, they use this network of convenience stores and tax-shy scratch-off winners to defraud the lottery of more than $20 million, officials are saying, which shocked me because the few times anyone, like, I know, I know, like, the six degrees of a winning lotto ticket is basically the only time I ever see anybody succeeding in something like this. It's like, they won 25, and that's an amazing feat, and I'm happy for them. And I mean, hey, I'll take $25, but $20 million, it's a different ballgame. So Ali Jafar, who's uh, 63, I mean, he looks great, uh, he tried to pass off, he kept on, and this is where I kind of love, he kept on just being like, I'm so lucky. <laughs> He's like, but I cry, cry, cry in a lonely world. He was, he was given very Britney Spears, the woman in me. He was just like, guys, I, no, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Yes. But uh, weirdly, I feel the lottery commission is like, no, we program this. We know what the luck, statistic math, all of that is. This is not luck. So the lottery commission launched an investigation into the quote unquote factually or statistically improbable results. And I also do love any person who was like good at stats, was a stats major in college, and now is like, if this is your job to like call people out on like being scammy, I would have really focused more on fractions. I don't think stats, fractions aren't statistics, but you know what I mean. He stated that the elaborate scheme started around 2011. So he's been doing this for well over a decade. And when he claimed 136 lottery tickets worth $217,000. I would have stopped there. Let the record state, <clears throat> I would never have started. <laughs> I would never scam. But 217, that's student loans. That's rent for years to come. That's a nice bag if I want to treat myself. You know what I mean? Two, I'm in heaven. But he wanted to take his luck a little bit farther. <laughs> so the following year after that, he claimed 214 tickets for $367,000. And the year after, 2013, he brought his sons into this, and he nabbed 867 tickets worth almost $1.3 million. And all of this is coming from the Boston Globe. Uh, It is, of course, a Boston, Massachusetts case. Uh, But $1.3 million. When I read that number, I was like, how? I don't even know. How is this even possible? So the trio... Of course, it is hard. Like, you can't just be like buying $867 through all this. Like, you need some more people than this family group. The family group chat has to expand. So, the trio cashed in using a form of money laundering known as 10%, in which real lottery winners enlist middlemen in order to avoid coughing up hefty taxes on their winnings. It's funny, 10% to me is like all I did, like any senior year of any schooling I was in, where I was like, I'm giving you 10%. I think I'm going to graduate. Let's just call it what you want. So instead of claiming the lucky tickets themselves, the winners had middlemen like to claim the prize in exchange for a 10 to 25% cut of the earnings. So it kind of divvies up the names of the people winning, where the money's going, and everything like that. And then the real winner is subsequently able to reap the cash benefits of their win without the tax bill. And the 10 percenter typically avoids taxes by claiming gambling losses on their own filings, the outlet said. I'm so I get so paranoid when I file taxes. 
I didn't even know there's a gamble. I, I don't gamble, so I guess I didn't know taxes had that as a thing, though. Within a decade, authorities told The Globe, Ali Jafar, a Lebanese immigrant who started a prepaid phone card business in the 1990s, had had easy access to convenience stores and their owners, and his sons were the most prolific 10 percenters in Massachusetts. I, I'm like, I didn't, I also, I didn't, because I know, obviously, people knew or know how to, like, trick the system in, like, Vegas or Atlantic City with, like, the card counting and everything like that with gambling. I don't know you could do this with lotto tickets because I really thought <coughs> they were just kind of like, you get which one you get. But he confessed to the illicit scheme at the trial last year and said that their network of convenience stores allies, allies would call them if they had a winning ticket of over $600, the outlet reported. That also is such a rush because I didn't know the convenience store, like they knew they were sitting on a winning ticket. I'm shocked this... Again... I will never scam. I'm shocked this doesn't happen more. Or maybe it does happen more. I don't know. Because if someone told me I had a winning ticket, eh, you wouldn't just tell your friends, hey, buy tickets today. I guess you can't. But I think, you know, I don't work at anything where I could do that before anyone tries to use this tape against me. But uh, most of the time, him or one of his sons showed up and purchased the ticket for slightly less than the full prize and never even learned the real winner's name. So... Now we're in Alicia Keys territory. You don't know my name. The convenience store operators also got their own kickback. So, like, also as of now, everyone's wait. Where does because the convenience store operators got their own kickback, typically between fifty dollars and a hundred dollars, and then the family marched to the lottery office to claim the jackpot. Like, who is that? Our taxes? <laughs> where does lottery money come from? Oh, it's ticket sales. I'm sure there's other stuff. The federal government and some states also receive a portion of the revenue. I guess that's what the taxes. So I, you know, where who's being stolen from here? You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I'm adding that. I'm just confused. Uh, this is why I don't gamble. The family would then claim the bogus gambling losses on their tax returns, which allowed them to avoid paying taxes despite lottery earnings of around ten million dollars, according to the Boston Globe. By 2019, however, they were caught. Michael R. Sweeney, you know when someone uses their middle initial in the legal realm, shit's going down. They don't, they mean business. They live their life as a monogram towel. <laughs> they're not, they don't, they're going in. They're going in. He is the Massachusetts State Lottery Commission's executive director. Caught wind of this family's scheme as high frequency winners, quote unquote, and initiated an investigation that suspended the trio in 2019. With the Lottery Commission's new Director of Compliance and Security on their heels, the family tried to cover their tracks by enlisting friends to cash the tickets in at the lottery offices in their place. There are so many jobs for the lottery. I'm, I'm learning so much. By that point, though, the IRS was also... No, that's not allergies. That's the IRS sniffing them out. Undercover IRS agents sold winning tickets to a convenience store clerk in Somerville only for those tickets to end up in the hands of... You know who? The family stand-ins. And these were people like Nicholas Frankel, who was one of the 10 percenters, you know. In the summer of 2020, both the kids, one who was an intern for then-Senator John Kerry, don't know why that, I, I guess just to show, you know, they were doing things at school, uh, were turned away at the lottery office. So they kind of got like, oh, we're on to you. Three years later, in November 2023, one of the sons, Mohammed, 33, pled guilty to a single conspiracy charge and was subsequently sentenced to six months behind bars, 964000 in restitution, and a two-year ban, two ban on lottery activities, the Boston Globe reported. I'm like, almost a million dollars 
in restitution, you're going to have to help him go back to the lottery a little bit sooner if you want him to pay that off. I don't know if I'll ever pay off my student loans, and it's not almost a million dollars. How is this man going to be doing that? But we'll see. But I also do love the ban is just two years. I guess they just really want people to keep on lottoing. Very interesting. So they went to trial in December and were both found guilty. Uh, so the other son and the dad went to trial in December and were both found guilty of one count of conspiracy to defraud the IRS, one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering, and one count each of filing a false tax return, according to the U.S. District Attorney's Office in M.A., Massachusetts. Ali was sentenced to five years in prison and Yusuf with 50 months. And the quote uh, that we got from one of the, or not, I didn't get it, but the Boston Globe did, from the special agent said, instead of using business savvy and skill to build a legitimate multi-generational family business, they carried out a complex decade-long tax and lottery scam, building a vast network of conspirators to further their illegal activities. This was said by Jolene, Jolene, Simpson, uh, the special agent in charge of the Internal Revenue Service, criminal investigations in Boston. I mean, it's still a family business. So Jolene, you have to give them that. (laughs) I mean, hey, you know what? Landscaping is a big family business, I feel, uh, in suburbs. If they're in a city, you can't landscape. Yeah, you know, so it's a family business. I, I get, I get, I'm just saying. Tax violations have been erroneous, referred to as victimless crimes, but it's the honest law-abiding citizens who is harmed when someone tries to manipulate our nation's tax system. I'll let Jolene have that quote, but I, I, I mean, I feel like, can I, we all just pay less taxes? <laughs> or can, you know, like the founders of X and et cetera just handle all the taxes for us? Because they can. Um, please don't jam me about any economic stuff. (laughs) As a result of the scheme, the Massachusetts State Lottery Commission is now in the process of revoking or suspending the license of over 40 lottery agents, the district attorney confirmed. And of course, at the sentencing, the family was like, I'm sorry, and all this stuff. The judge handed down a heavier sentence than the lawyer requested. One son, Muhammad, told the judge that he felt relief now that the ordeal was over. He said it was like a dark cloud that floated away. And he can finally see a clear path. I'm kind of shocked both that he didn't just go like, you know what, judge? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. And he hired like a full band to come in. (laughs) I feel if you bring... That would be the a family business that I could realistically see myself start is telegram quartets for people giving final statements to the judge and jury. You know what I mean? If they're like, oh, God, I have 12 parking tickets. I'm in trial. You know, I guess you just – before this, I really could have had it all. And then I just bring in my band rolling in the deep. So there is that family. For any person who is a big lotto head, I don't know anybody. I also feel – I don't really know anybody who still – Gets lo- I feel lottery tickets is very much an older way. I feel because now everyone just is like, oh, I have no money. I don't think this lottery ticket will help me get money. I feel the the illusion of lotterying is kind of on the outs. But what is always on the in is goddamn employee scams. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them? on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, the people who are trying to get real jobs find themselves equally being scammed. And this one, oh, this one really pisses me off. This woman, Nikki from Brisbane, um, Australia. You know, I think I learned where that Brisbane was in Australia from a Nicki Minaj song. I hope it was an older song, so I'm not like, but I hope that's not the first time I heard Brisbane. Maybe I learned it in school, but I think maybe Nicki Minaj. So she, uh, Nikki, she wants her last name private, which shout out, rightfully so. She was really desperate for work and particularly working like a job that allowed her to work from home because her husband has a debilitating medical conditions that forced her to be a full-time caretaker earlier this year, which also just this foundation of this all is just so fucking sucks that like, she has to quit her job to take care of her husband full time, but also she can't afford to do that or afford to hire a caretaker. So she has to do this job while doing that. So she's a 53-year-old woman who uh, was really just kind of looking for any opportunity, was applying so much on LinkedIn. Obviously, like sometimes she would get LinkedIn messages like, hey, we want to hire you, everything like that. But also people know, any person I know looking for a job right now or anytime, you apply for 500,000 jobs to get hear back from like four people. So it's like the pickings... You try to you try to find out. So because of that, she was so 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 happy when there was a message from a man claiming to be a high profile marketing company uh, was in her inbox. He told her that he had the perfect opportunity for her in the marketing space with the role requiring her to boost the sales of a few select travel companies. The reason she goes in more about like how it's so dire that like she needs to like work from home just because like her husband really requires all hands on help. And she goes on to say that this message from this guy came at a time where she applied for like countless jobs and everything like that. And was kind of just like, not at her wits end, but just at her like, what fucking, what, what can, what can I do now? So when this job came, she was like, please, please, please. I'd love to hear more. Here's my number. Call me. And she kind of says, this is where the snowball started. So the next day, Nikki was contacted on WhatsApp by a man who claimed his name was Alvis. Alvin! Uh, from a high-profile marketing company called Dune 7. Now, when I hear that name, I'm kind of already like, 
what's go what's going on here dune 7 sounds fake it isn't because the website and documents provided to nikki appeared legitimate and looked identical to a real company called dune 7 based in nyc interesting to note here that like when she got reached out it was dune 7 all caps when you google it it's dune what's that called sentence caps where it's just the first letter you know dune 7 Oh, Lord. But upon further investigation, it was, of course, confirmed the scammer just took the company's logo and graphics to appear legitimate and kind of just like copied and pasted their way into this. So she, of course, what I do love, I don't love that much about any of this. She keeps receipts. So she got the text on September 10th, 2023. Morning. Or first it was, my name is Alvis. I received a message from Anne. You need a job, right? Are you Nicole? And then like the next day, morning, I guess you were busy yesterday, so you didn't get back to me. Are you free today so I can explain this work to you further? And she goes, hey, sorry, I was at an awards night yesterday, and we started in the afternoon getting ready. Can you please advise what the job is about and what the company is? I did ask Anna, but she wouldn't tell me, which left me a bit skeptical. I think she meant uh, skeptical. Or I guess that's skeptical spelled in Australian which I know is the same sentence structure, but you know, it's like how like rumor, rumor, it's with C's and K's, U-R's, everything like that. So one of Dune 7's co-founders said that they are very much aware of all the scams that are taking actions, but here is what is happening. And also I can see with, when you're a full-time caretaker and also like applying to so many jobs, you don't have the time and your first thought isn't, is this job that would help me out so much a scam? No, you're just kind of thinking, can I get this fucking job? So. Alvis, quote unquote, introduced himself to Nikki and told her about the role, explaining it was an online only job where she could earn bank commissions through a company's platform. Sounds like perfect for her. Also, honestly, perfect for so many of us. Um, in essence, her role would be to boost the star rating of different travel and tour companies, which in turn helps them attract more customers. Throughout this time, though, it gets a little weird. Alvis didn't like ask to interview her or ask for any resume or documentation or just anything, just kind of like giving her the the spiel about the company. He also was like, oh, we don't have to video chat or call. Let's just, let's just text. And later on, they went to Telegram. And in her defense, I want, I could see her being like, oh, is this just a Gen Z company where nobody phone calls? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like give Nikki some benefit here. Alvis also used pictures believed to be stolen, which shows a man with a woman and children. So, like, I mean, out of all the things, like, that's one of the oldest tricks in the book of, like, a scammer just being like, yeah, let me use this photo that I found on Google that looks like I'm a family man looking to hire someone. And also, I think, I feel a lot of scammers would benefit from taking improv. And I most people, I'm not advocating for improv comedy. I'm just saying that because what he goes on to do is open up to Nikki about his children and his life with his wife to kind of appear more genuine and likable. If he wants to world build, there's a place you can do that without scamming people. You'll get scammed because most improv comedy training centers, I think we're learning, are sort of doing weird things with your money. But, you know, you're signing up to give your money to that. So, you know, you leave the innocent Nikki's out of this realm. During the training process, he also went on to show her complete tasks before she began doing them on her own, under the assumption she was earning commission. But this is also something Nikki... Sorry for the 10,000 tangents, but this is also something, how many of us, you apply for a job, you hear back, you have three rounds of interviews, then they make you do some free work. 
and it's work that they're like, oh, it shouldn't take you more than 20 minutes. But you're applying for a job that you want. So you give it an hour plus, and then you either present it to them, hand it to them, give them free work, and then they're just like, oh, we're not hiring you. But thanks. And you're like, oh, okay. So good on her for assuming she could get a commission from any of that. But all that annoys me. She had completed the first level with no issues and earned like about $149 US. 263 there. And she was able to withdraw it from an account that had been set up for her. So, so far she's like, okay, this could be, this this could be go. This is where things started to get really, really scammy. Some of the tasks assigned to her were called quote unquote expedited journeys, meaning she would earn higher than normal commissions for the particular tasks. However, to complete these expedited journeys where you're like, oh, Nikki, you're going to be making a lot more money. Nikki would have to pay to complete the task. That meant she was putting in her own money from her bank account to do this. She was assured by her supervisor, Alvis, the one with the wife and kids, that once she paid the money and completed the task, she'd be receiving a huge return of commission along with her initial payments. And I mean, they use this phrase that people say, but not for this. They were like, you know, sometimes you got to spend money to make money. Um which is kind of for like making investments for high rewards. But of course, this is not baking or finance. They're not giving this money back. So she said, I did two days of training with him over WhatsApp. He then sent me up on my profile. And I started doing the tasks. It was all fine. She got the first level, the money, and then all that. She's, and then she's like, if I knew then what I know now, I would have stopped there. But she kept on doing it. And I feel she probably was like, this was one of the only leads of a job she was getting so she's like, I guess maybe I just got to do this. And she said it felt like it was a never-ending journey and just kept on putting it more and more in. She felt trapped. And she was worried that if she sees communication with Alvis, her money would be gone for good, which is also the hard thing. She's like already putting in some money into this. So she's like, if I just ghost, I'm out that money. So maybe something can come from this. She already drained her entire savings account, which like, Nikki, no, 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 no. And took out a $3,800 US bank loan in the hopes it would help release her from the nightmare she was trapped in. Girl. Uh, before she knew it, she was down almost like $10,000 US with no idea how she was going to get it back. Also, remember that episode... I think maybe we did in September of romance scams. Nikki said the scammers are show romantic interest of her, which also I'm like, so this is a fake company that has no HR. Of course, it has no HR. So now we're, we're, we're adding like sexual misconduct into this. I, I fucking can't. So he just kept pressuring me to finish tasks. And then he began hitting on me. And she said, I didn't encourage him, but I didn't discourage him because I wanted my money back. I kept telling him that we could talk about his feelings after I sorted my situation out. Ugh. Then Alvis boldly asked her to put in another $6,300 in order for the issue to be solved. She refused. So then she kind of was like at her like breaking point. So she confided to her sister about everything that was going on. And shout out to this sister who was like, babe, you've been scammed. So thankfully, phone a friend when you're, when you're starting to be suspicious about things. And then, of course, she was like, this was kind of like the click moment that she needed. These, And she was like, these evil people have over 15,000 of my dollars. And it, it sucks now because she has no money to her name and she's needed to rely fully on her family while taking care of her husband, looking for a place to live, and also looking for another job, like a job that's actual real. 
And Nikki fears for her safety, too, after receiving bizarre and threatening messages from the scammer on different platforms. And she just ultimately blocked him. She has a GoFundMe set it up. And it's also interesting because this happened on LinkedIn. LinkedIn had to reply because they're kind of like, uh-oh, this is happening here. But of course, this is something that happens a lot, unfortunately, on all job posting sites. A spokesperson for LinkedIn said that while it has introduced new measures to help curb these types of scams, they encourage members to be on the lookout for suspicious signs. Okay, ace of base. <laughs> Maintaining a trusted and safe community has always been a top priority for us on LinkedIn. We use a combination of human reviews and automated defenses to prevent job scams, and we encourage members to watch for signs of potential fraud at every stage in their job search. So, I mean, they're they're trying. They're saying that they are really trying to help everybody out with that. I mean, I'll give it to LinkedIn. I mean, they they don't know every single person posting a job. It also is kind of insane that job scams are dramatically exploding over the year. I wonder if work from home. I'm not advocating going back to the office, but I wonder if the uh, work from home postings can add to that because then you don't even need to have like a fake address or anything like that and you just can kind of pop up like it's no longer like weird if someone you're interviewing is just like at a coffee shop or like on their couch because like you're like oh yeah everyone's just working from home australians are apparently over losing over like 12.6 million dollars collectively from january to september 2023 in job scams oh my god and i mean it is crazy and speaking and I feel like one of the things besides like the work from home coming up it's like the economy right now has everybody kind of cr- like crazy looking for work and for anybody who's like writing acting in entertainment or anything beyond that the strikes um which are great I hopefully the sag strike ends hopefully this is outdated and the sag strike is over because Fran Drescher worked her magic to get some fair stuff going on there. But because of things like that, everyone's looking for jobs. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And one job, which I, this isn't, I'm ending with this because mainly I wanted to talk about how like Kendall Jenner like is collabing with Meta to do like that AI robot of her. Did you see that? Or like AI influencer that already has a lot of followers and looks just like her kind of terrifies moi but i was like i don't want i'm like there's nothing really there but i want to talk about this thing that i just kind of thought was very very interesting so meta and ai companies are recruiting striking actors to train ai and i'll let you determine if they got scammed or if this is just like a weird situation one evening in early september t this 28 year old actor who is striking in the strike went to this rented Hollywood studio space in front of three cameras, a director, and a producer for a somewhat unusual gig. And I have some friends who are actors. They tell me sometimes, that, yeah, I'm reading lines in like a basement of a coffee shop for like this dog food commercial for this web series and it's paying 75 bucks and it's just what it is. So like, I feel like, I know like if you're not in that realm, you're like, what the fuck is going on? But I feel like actors like, yeah, where's the dog food commercial? Like, yeah, please, where? Um, the two-hour shoot produced footage that was not meant to be viewed by the public. 
at least not human public. Dun, dun, dun. Rather, they use T's voice, face, movements, and expressions to be fed into an AI database to better understand and express human emotions. Whoa. That database is being used to help train virtual avatars for Meta, as well as algorithms for a London-based AI company called Realize. It's real. Like, whoever founded this company really came up in the Tumblr era where it was like, Realize, Realize, Realize. So I'm happy that they took their Tumblring to this job. Realize is the one running the project. Participants only learned about Meta's involvement once they arrived on site. The emotion study ran from July through September during the heat of all of the striking. That was when the WGA also was uh, striking before they reached the deal. Recruiting actors and um, everything like that. With the industry at the standstill, the larger-than-usual number of -of out-of-work actors may have been a boom for these companies because there was a new pool of trainers and Dana points perfectly suited to teaching AI to appear more human. And for actors, it was a great opportunity to make money without crossing a picket line because nobody wants to do that. And because there's not clear, there was like a lot of like ebbing and flowing of what the rules are and everything like that. But I think, I don't think anyone would consider this to be scabbing if you're like, just like going like, <gasps> in a base, you know what I mean? And because it wasn't like a performance. So a fully research-based project too. So it's like for science, not for cinema. It offered $150 per hour for at least two hours of work and asserted that your individual likeness will not be used for any commercial purposes. So the actors may have assumed that their faces and performances wouldn't turn up in a TV show or movie, but the broad nature of what they signed up for makes it impossible to know the full implications for sure because they have all their likeness and everything signed, sealed, delivered. In fact, in order to participate, they had to sign away certain rights in perpetuity for technologies and use cases that may not yet exist. Huh? It's giving, like, the Getty image model who becomes, like, the campaign for, like, random diseases on sides of the roads. <laughs> and while job posting insists that the project does not qualify as struck work, and struck work is, like, work that is goes against the striking, it nevertheless speaks to some of the strike's core issues, how actors' likenesses can be used, how actors should be compensated for that use, and what informed consent should look like in the age of AI. This is where it gets really interesting, because obviously keeping up with the strikes... When the Writers Guild reached their deal, very exciting that the writers are no longer having to strike. What I've been hearing from a lot of people is that the companies or like the, the networks and the studios are just like, yeah, 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 we'll do this. Now I'm just we're just gonna make we'll pay you more, but we're actually just gonna give you less jobs. So we have to pay people less in the long run. So that means you will be able to work less, and we're just gonna like kind of like continually just hire like the high, high up people that we always hire. So it's like, oh, so you actually still don't care. You just found a way to like get your finances done. That's what I've been hearing. I would love to be proven wrong at that. I, you know what I mean? So kind of like this too, it's sort of like they're striking to not have AI do their work, but because they can't work, they're now training AI. And is that AI going to take their work down the line? SAG-AFTRA's chief negotiator said, this isn't a contract battle between a union and a company. It's existential. Because that's the thing. It's not like now it's like they're striking to have rights and things in place for things that don't exist yet, but they see going to exist. Many actors across the industry, particularly background actors, 
the extras, extra, extra, worry that AI, why did I say that? Who knows? Uh, but worry that AI, much like the models described in the emotion study, could be used to replace them, whether or not their exact faces are copied. And in this case, by providing the facial expressions that will teach AI to appear more human, study participants may in fact have been the ones inadvertently training their own potential replacements. And that's where it sucks because you're like, you need this money now. And I get that. And they need it. But then you're like, oh, like, who knew that this would be then screwing you down the line? And also, why did we put people in these predicaments? Realize, says, our studies have nothing to do with the strike. The vast majority of our work is evaluating the effectiveness of advertising for clients, which has nothing to do with actors and the entertainment industry, except to gauge audience reaction. The timing, he said, is an unfortunate coincidence. But also, I'm like, okay. like, And also, it's a thing, too, where it's like, you say that now, but like advertising, stuff like that, in like two years, you'll probably use, it's a whole thing. In addition to the job posting, MIT Technology Review has obtained and reviewed a copy of the data license agreement. Don't you love when MIT gets in on, like, the pettiness of, like, oh, we have the agreement. Like, yes, MIT. To put it bluntly, they say, whether the actors who participated knew it or not, for as little as $300, they appeared to have authorized Realize Meta and other parties of the two companies choosing to access and use not just their faces, but also their expression and anything derived from them, almost however and whenever they want, as long as they do not reproduce any individual likeness. <sighs> Some actors, like Jessica, felt there was something exploitative about the project, both in the financial incentives for out-of-work actors and the fight over AI and the use of actors' images. She's a New York-based background actor, says she has seen a growing number of listings for AI jobs over the past few years, and like, there's not clear rules right now, so she doesn't know. Maybe their intention is to get these images before the union signs a contract and sets them. So like, if there's like, oh, we won't make any new ones, but we have enough on bank to kind of keep things going or stuff like that. All this leaves actors struggling after three months of limited to no work prime to accept the terms from Realize and Meadows and intentionally or not to affect all actors, whether or not they personally chose to engage with AI. So Maurice Comte, an actor and SAG after member who has had principal roles on a few shows, said it hurts now or hurts later. And like reviewing the job posting, he couldn't not see the nefarious intent with this, that they're like, they are, this company knows how to take advantage of these people, realizing they don't have a lot of options and knowing that it will affect them probably down the line, but they don't care about that down the line because they already send them their $300 day rate and can move on and sell this to whatever company they want to. So basically, everything's a mess. You can either scam, get scammed on LinkedIn, get scammed on Backstage, which is where they post acting listings, or I guess scam the lottery. That's the today's lesson. Or, you know, just keep on commuting and crying into your coffee, like I guess uh, the majority of all of us are doing. <laughs> but that is kind of the scam round down from this week. I do want to get more into, I'm curious, It will my thing, maybe these like Kendall Jenner, Tom Brady, meta AI things won't be like, it's giving me crypto NFT energy right now. So I want to watch it from that side of the road but yeah any other scams or weird stuff going on that you guys are like i'm looking at this why aren't you focusing on that let us know always on the true crime group not in the true crime group or dm it on instagram at not another true crime you can follow sarah on instagram at sarah lameem or me at cashmere danny cashmere k and we'll be both back next week not another true crime podcast is produced by jorge morales pico sean kilby and rebecca sosmacat 
Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.